SMS SAFM now on 41391. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomabete on SAFM. Major, good evening. Thanks for your time. Good evening, Songhezom. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Let's talk about something you feel passionate about. Are we talking about the drunk uncle? That is the ANC. Wields a lot of power, but very much misbehaving and misusing it. Are we talking about the two opposition parties, what has happened recently in KZN over the weekend, or what played itself out at the Zonda Commission with one of the lead figures in Senior Council, Dalim Bofu, or are we talking about Easter and all things holy? Now we, can talk, we can start with the ANC and then go to the DA. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think with the ANC there's been issues or stories that uh, uh, the Red Forces want to resign from the ANC uh, but I don't think that's going to happen because this group is largely made up of reactionaries and career politicians who just want to align themselves with a faction in the ANC so that they can have access to state resources. But uh, their threat shows that the uh, SG or Isma Hashule held some power within the party. And then their threat of to resign from the ANC, I think, is just to show him that support. But generally they can't afford to resign because leaving the ANC or leaving their strategic position in government will allow Ramaphosa and his cronies to regroup. And I don't think they can uh, uh, afford to lose such an opportunity because now the ANC is divided into two factions. Is that which is aligned to Ramaphosa and the one that is aligned to Ace Mahashule and by extension Jacob Zuma. And then this is going to remain. I think they're just going to use the ANC as a channel to to fight their factional battles, which actually have no ideological underpinning in terms of whether these factions want to take South Africa in terms of policy directions, or is largely about looting state resources. And then the postponement of the uh, president's closing remarks also shows that the ANC is divided, and it also confirms that Mahashule actually still has some power, because you could rem- you'd remember that... Uh, Ramaphosa does not have a full backing of the ANC and EC. So, let me interrupt you there, Mechi. What has the president to lose, President Ramaphosa? Financially, what? he is secure. He doesn't need to prove a point. He doesn't need the political office to survive beyond the time he is in government, or for that matter, influential within the ruling party. That's one aspect. He's at an age where he can safely just look back and say an innings that has been great. He's done it in public service, certainly through the unions and everything before then. He's gone into private sector. However he made his money, he's got it. And there aren't allegations to the effect that he got it through illegal means and ways. He's ascended to the two most powerful offices politically in the party and in the country. Why then, with all of that behind you, is it so difficult to simply say this and no further? This is the constitution of the ANC, or this is the policy as adopted at the previous conference. We haven't had a conference that has since moved away from that policy. So this policy stands unless and until. This is the country's constitution. These are the country's laws. This is the cabinet I want, and these are the people I want to help me lead the cabinet. This is the country and its economic outlook and political situation, and these are the people I want. To hell with whoever is outside of that. Let the heavens what, what, what did what did you say let, let let justice reign though the 
heavens may fall. Or Ramaphosa has got nothing to lose by simply being what the country yearns of him to be. Or does he? I don't think, personally, he doesn't have anything to lose. But remember that as a president of the ANC, he's also aligned to certain individuals. And there has to be some balance in terms of how he takes decisions. And for instance, he speaks about the unity of the ANC. So he understands that as much as he does not need other people from other factions, taking drastic decisions might I mean, different divisions in the party. And I think that's what he's trying to avoid. But personally, there's nothing that he's going to lose, especially if we're talking this from a financial perspective. But in terms of looking at the ANC in competition with the DA and the EFF, I think if he can take some drastic measures in terms of removing certain individuals, they can actually hurt the ANC. And now the issue is now becoming how can you balance taking such measures to to make sure that he has a competent government and at the same time making sure that he pleases some elements of the factions in the ANC and how can he recruit those within uh, the Mahashule camp into his camp. But in terms of whether he has something to lose, he doesn't. And I think he's only worried about the future of the ANC. How can the ANC reconfigure itself in order to be in a position that we have as functioning state? And I think that has been something that has been bothering him. As you have said, Ramaphosa himself is not necessarily a clean person. As you have said, he, there are allegations about how he might have earned his, his uh, wealth, and that cannot be ruled, uh, from, ruled out that maybe he also has vested financial interest in how the ANC is going forward. So it's not something that he can say, no, let me take this decision to hell with these people. Let's let's make our own decisions and we can stand the consequences. I think he also has some stake in the situation. And the most important thing is, would be to manage such stake in order in a way that doesn't destroy the ANC completely. Okay, your thoughts, South Africans. 0891-104-207. No, sorry, that's not the line to call. I beg your pardon. Johannesburg, 714 I'm still working 2019-2020. Johannesburg, 714-2006. Please call that number to speak to, other, to speak to us. Otherwise, voice note number 0614-104-107. The rules haven't changed since the first time we mentioned them. Under a minute, no background noise. Straight to the point. Let's engage each other. Dr. Meji Mahoba, independent political analyst. Hashtag Weekend Wrap. That's the segment we are now in. We're moving from the ANC. You may respond to that or any of the other three issues. Elections in the KZN part of the DA. EFF backing its former chairperson, Dalim Bofu. And of course, what do you think of Easter? Noel says it's a good time to speak about Easter. Well, let's talk about Holy Week then. Noel, please give us a call. I've never spoken to you on air, and this is as good a time to do so. What do you think? What's your next topic? EFF? I think my next topic is going to be the DA sure. and the abandonment of the diversity policy. And I think in South Africa, we need to be careful about what are these terms mean. The DA talks about diversity, integration, and we tend to think that maybe there's a program of uniting whites and blacks in the DA, whereas something of that nature doesn't really exist. First and foremost, the DA doesn't understand or prefer cultural transformation. We, the party is a white supremacist organization that uses blacks to, legi- to remain legitimate and the moral decay in the ANC has kind of given the DA the platform to 
practice this thing of having black leaders in the DA in the former in the name of diversity. But what is diversity in South Africa? And I think diversity in South Africa or in the DA has tend to mean assimilation. You have black leaders who join the DA and they have to assimilate according to the decision making structures whether they involve the cultural practices or social divisions of labor, but they don't bring anything that is culturally transformative. What this, what this means is that they find an existing structure of white supremacy that exists within the DA, and they have to find their expression within that structure. But that diversity doesn't mean that the DA is able or is willing to transform itself. So it's actually better when the DA says now they are not going forward with diversity because it means that they truly embrace themselves without having to uh, put symbolic measures to kind of show South African that actually they care about certain group people while as they don't. Why? is, is it for, Yes or no, is that a problem, that stance of the DA? Pardon? Yes or no, is it a problem? I think... It, since black people are majority in South Africa, having to the capacity to invite black voters to the DA is it's important. So, having this type of politics is very it's a it's, it's problematic for the DA because they have to transform culturally in a way that. So it is a problem. Yeah. Is that what you are saying? Yes. It's a so problem. whose problem is it? Is it the voters' problem, or is it the party's problem? Party's problem in that they risk not getting the necessary votes, they risk themselves being obliterated into history as a party that once was, or is it a voters' problem? Why should it be a voters' problem if it is a voters' problem? Because they have the choice to simply go there or not to go there. I think it's both, and both in a sense that, for instance, if the DA wants truly black voters, they have to involve cultural practices that speak to black people in the DA. The, the environment and the structure has to be responsive to the needs of black people, whether that involves decision-making, social divisions of labor, and the cultural practices. And It's a problem for the voter because it means that if the DA projects the image of being a party that is about inclusion and diversity, whereas their institutional practice speaks the opposite, it means that the the, the voters have been taken for a ride and they become shocked when the DA take uh, decisions that are kind of dramatically opposite to what they've promised through their conversation or discourse of diversity. And they have a choice to to vote for other parties, but you remember that actually the DA actually pushes a much, much better vision, uh, vision of neoliberalism, neoliberal agenda of the ANC. If you check their policies, they all speak about the market, using the market, distribution. So there's no strong alternative in Africa where you can escape people. Mm, I'm struggling to hear you there, Dr. Mahoba. I beg your pardon for that. I want to give an opportunity to the producer just to get you back online the way that you have been for the most part. Whilst we're doing that, in any event, it is fortuitous through the fact that Sakile, Anonymous, and Ali in Durban, KZN, and Mahigeng, respectively, are on the line. They know the rules. It is 90 seconds. After 90 seconds, we cut. Sakile, good evening. Go for it. Yes, uh, um, Friday, you had the Reserve Bank saying that the report rates are not cut. They remain 
you know, not unchanged. So I I was very hurt by that because I was expecting the ripple rate to go even down, even to zero, because we are sitting here with huge unemployment and there's no risk of inflation. Why not bring interest rates to the lowest low? I mean, it's shocking how how, how much the South African Reserve Bank and Treasury, led by Tito Moena, is doing to South Africans. Maybe maybe people don't understand what this is this is doing. You 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 have a situation whereby South Africa supposedly had a stimulus, but South Africa didn't have a stimulus. People don't know this. South Africa didn't have a stimulus, and we need to inject money into the people's pocket to restart the economy to save people, but they didn't have that stimulus. It was just. Some other things that I don't even know. You had a bank guarantee scheme that didn't even work, that only financed premium clients by banks, which most of them are white. Black business didn't anything. I mean, I mean, I, I just can't believe what Didombo Wini and the South African Reserve Governor are doing to South Africans. I, I just can't believe how these two men still have their jobs. And I don't, I don't understand how are people not protesting against these people. You can only protest what you know and how it might affect you. That's my only response to what you're saying on the assumption, of course. We agree on that. Thanks for your thoughts, Sakile Durban. Anonymous KZN, go for it. Uh, good evening to you, um, Songezo, and your guest. I just want to say, you know, it doesn't take 26 years for people to see uh, what is going on in the country, especially when people are internally. If you take Mr. Ramaphosa, he's been the dad, he's been there for many, many months. I've got the books, you know, when Mr. Mandela was in power. For the past five, for the five first five years, let me tell you, uh, we are uh, receiving books which I have on hand from 1994 um, to, to state, uh, you know, for the public to know uh, the changes, the, the the persons, the report on the 49 ANC National Conference in Bloemfontein 1994, where he was always relating about reconstruction and nation building, and yet when the rest came into power, they chose only their own kind. And they chose only their lookalikes. That is why we have a problem. You see, we wouldn't have had all this problem. We had diversity. There would have been some people who had eyes, who have eyes, who, and who didn't like what was going on in Parliament. Yeah, everybody was covering each other's back. And when we have prominent people or eminent people, whichever way you look at it, sorry about that, um, uh, the other name that I used the last time, Icon, Icona. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, we'd rather change it to prominent and eminent people. Um, that are in politics, right? But they're there for themselves and their families and for their cardholders. That's been happening for many, many months. I've been observing this all the time. And we can't change it out here. We can't, sorry, we can't change it out here. But if you're the cardholder and you're always voting for that same party, I don't vote for any parties. I vote for God now. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing his name and logo on the ballot. Maybe I might just join you in your party. Ali in Mahigang. Evening, Mr. Songezo, and your guests and the listeners. Go for it, uh, sir. Brother, brother to add on to all the, pre- the, the advantages and privileges Ramaphosa enjoys, he's got the army behind him, he's got the police force behind him, he's got all the forces on earth in hell or wherever to take a stand. But now, uh, what's interesting I want to ask is, why is what is so important with the branches when... Julius Malema was kicked out. Where were the branches? The branches decided that Malema must go. 
when Mbuji was taken out of office, did the, where the branches coincided. The highest making body of the ANC is it the branches or the NEC? Whose decision are we following? The branches or the NEC's decisions? As for the as, as for the issue of us voting the ANC time and again, time again, nothing is independent of the so-called independent structures of the country of South Africa. There's nothing like independence. We don't have the IEC as independent care, the, the, the National Prosecuting Authority, what, what, all these, these issues, how independent are they? And who are, why should we always be blamed to repeat the same mistakes, whereas we don't know what happens behind the curtain of independence, like the independent homeland states? That's a good question. Many rhetorical. Let's hope that Mitchell will respond to them after this. Ali in Cape Town. Ali in Cape Town. I beg your pardon. It's Mark in Cape Town. Mark in Cape Town. A thousand apologies for that. You get yourself an extra 10 seconds. Go for it, Mark. Good evening. Can you hear me? Indeed. Oh, yes. Mine is just short and sweet. For a very long time since uh, Mr. Ramaphosa is and uh, the president and all this um, Zondo Commission, I think indirectly I might be wrong or I might be right. But I have a feeling he has a fear, he has a fear of some backlash along the line. And I think that fear might be that that fear will cause a backlash that will ultimately sink the ANC. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mark. Those are the calls so far. We do have a couple of voice notes, but it's probably a good time to have you respond to the call so far, Dr. Makhoba. Yeah, I think the the one that uh, he talks about fear of blacklash, and I think that's what I've been I've said in, I mean, during the beginning of the interview that the the will might be there, but he's actually been calculating that if he takes a stand against, for instance, corruption in the ANC, uh, he's going to divide the party because for for the party to be reconfigured in a way that deals with corruption, it has to be done in a way that the unity of the ANC is been is been uh, reestablished, and that's difficult because people are still using the party to to as a as a channel to get state resources. And then there's a question about uh, is South Africa independent? Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Yeah, that, that is a that is a bigger political question. Or rather, are the institutions that are supposed to support democracy truly independent? I think it, it's a very difficult question because normally in South Africa, there's a, the line between a ruling party and government of the state is kind of very blurred. So people who are in the ruling party, who hold power in the ruling party, are able to influence how the state uses its power. So the, that idea of independence is almost non-existent. This was even much, much more visible under Zuma's leadership where he had managed to appoint his preferred candidate, who can, people who can actually work with him in what he was doing in the state uh, entities. So that level of independence, it's almost non-existent in South Africa because the link between the ruling party and the state is kind of blurred. And there's a question about choosing your own kind. I think the idea of choosing your own kind started just before the negotiations in South Africa where instead of 1994 for many people represented uh, a moment of hope 
and how South Africa can be reconstructed to build an inclusive society. But the fractional battle started there, where people actually started seeing the opportunity to enrich themselves. And that culture has been carried where we're no longer interested about reconstructing the society or this nation to make sure that we lift people out of poverty. It's about self-enrichment of individuals. So figures such as Ramaphosa should be worried that in a country that poverty is quite very high and he's this multi-billionaire, how did he get to have access to this wealth at whose expense? And those are kind of difficult questions that we need to start asking. Yeah, let's listen to a couple of voice notes, three in fact, before we wrap up the segment. Songezo, Ramaphosa is serving the interest of the white uh, minority and white monopoly capital. Ramaphosa, we thought he is the face of the black South African and of the ANC, but unfortunately he has divided the party into two functions. One, the other function is for that he serves, that is in collaboration with the DA, and the other function is the function that is against Zuma. So the DA, or in other words, the, the pipe organ of the West, which is the white monopoly capital, is on the other hand where Ramaphosa is serving. Bunungu from Port Elizabeth. Sungiso, thanks for an absolutely great show. Me personally, and I don't know if I'm just talking like a white person, and hopefully it's not the case, and hopefully I see things differently, but um, I think we're at the tipping point, uh, the same point that a lot of African countries have been at. And I do think that Cyril is the last guy to pull this right. I do think there is a faction. I do think that they, other guys want to enrich themselves and they want to carry on doing what they're doing, and maybe more scared about the fact that they're not in control means the fact that they might go to jail. Cyril should give them a presidential pardon, let Ace and Zuma just drift off to the sunset, sunset and let them go, and let him, let him focus on what he wants to do for the country, because I do believe he's a good man. And I do believe that 99% of every black person in South Africa just wants a better life for their kids and their family and their wife, and they just want life to be good. I do believe Cyril can do that. I don't believe that other leftist faction can do that. And the EFF, I don't believe they can do that. I might be wrong, but at least I'm allowed my opinion on SAFM. And thank you so much for a great show. Brad Merritt. Hi, Songizo. Ezekiel and Bush Bakrich. Even if you were to remove Cyril and replace him with Jesus Christ, there's absolutely nothing that Jesus Christ would do to save the ANC. Uh, Cyril, Cyril cannot clean the mess of the ANC, even if they can succeed in removing the likes of the RET and Mahashul and everyone else. He, he and his people cannot succeed in cleaning the mess of the ANC because they've always been part of that, the problem. From, from, from the days of Codesa and elsewhere, we still don't know what these guys signed for at Codesa right into the ANC. They've been part of the problem, all of them. The only thing we need is to remove the ANC, have other people come in. Yeah, I appreciate these comments. They, they, they are true, they are frank. Uh, so far as it relates to Jesus Christ, Cohen, where are the Christians here? Is Jesus unable to 
remedy some of the challenges in the ANC, this is probably as good a time to have one comment or two, surely, insofar as it relates to Easter. I do understand I've got two callers. Okay, let's take Romeo and Vuyiswa. In fact, first Vuyiswa, I beg your pardon. First Vuyiswa and then Romeo. Moloma. Yeah, you know what uh, the political dynamics of the African National Congress, you know, I grew up in the checklist, though in exile. But uh, what I can tell you is that uh, everyone misses the point. Cyril played a, a big role at Cordesa, and uh, the sunset closes that they find there at, at, at Cordesa. It's what is binding him right now. That capital monopoly is now demanding him to to deliver because uh, you, once you are indebted to them, you know. I remember speaking to one of the stalwarts who said, "Yes, he has no way out because he is indebted to white." And again, I belong with this problem. Uh, whatever you do with them behind the scenes, they will tell people that uh, this is what happened, we gave him money, we did this, all this, this. And I think he was supposed to, when he joined the ANC, coming from Azapo, wherever he was coming from, he should actually have gone deeper into Umhabulo, which I think he lacks. And he lacks to be in touch with the masses. The branches of the ANC are very clear and very much united down, because I interact with them, I'm also a branch member, you know. And uh, things that are discussed, there is not what is discussed on the radio. People don't understand that Cyril is far, far away, if I can call it 5,000 kilometers away from the masses, even more than that. Let's leave it there. Let's move on. Let's go to Romeo and KZN. The president is far away from the masses, some 5,000 Ks. I don't believe between the furthest two points in the country we have that span. It's quite a comment to make of the president. In other words, detached from his reality. Romeo, KZN, final comment. Good evening to you. Yes. I wanted to ask you two things here uh, that I would want uh, some fellow listeners uh, to teach us some of the things that we might be lacking. Because I would want to believe that talking about white monopoly is something that is always ringing in the mind of every black person. But here I am. I needed to ask the first one. South Africa used to call themselves a rainbow nation. I don't understand if I hear these words today of that uh, the white monopoly. So I wanted to find out when uh, the former and the first democratic president, Nelson Mandela, he said, I fought for the white domination and I fought against the black domination. Meaning to say, Possible, he wanted everybody to live in an equal scenario. And then, today we seem like we hate each other. But if there are things that need to be corrected, I think we need to revisit those issues, such as like, and I join the disco of those who are saying, let's understand what really happened during the Cordessa time. Let's hear those meanings. Fantastic, Romeo. Right on the money there. Final comment from you, Dr. Makoba. Yeah, I think the idea that Ramaphosa represents white monopoly capital, I think it's too simple. 
the whole structure of the ANC represented the interest of white monopoly capital because since 1994, there has never been a systemic restructuring of the economy to ensure that black people benefit from the economy. So to place the the blame on Ramaphosa's foot, I think it's very simple. We need to look at the whole structure of the ANC as a problem and their neoliberal policies that have condemned black people to poverty. So that, that leads to the point that since 1994, there has never been a link between economic power and political power in South Africa. The, what, those who are in government talk uh, left, but their actions are going right. And that, what, that is what has been happening in the, in the ANC since 1994, that you have people in the ANC who understand that we have this type of problems in, in, in a way that they speak left politics. But when you check their policies, they come up with right-wing policies, and Ramaphosa cannot be singled out as a responsible person who is pushing the interest of white monopoly capital in South Africa. It's something that, as a, as a country, we have to reflect that what has happened since 1994, what type of policies that the ANC ever pushed since 1994, from your RDP to your GATE, your NDP, what has happened and what have they done to make sure that they implement each program. And when you look closer to the ANC, you'll realize that all their policies have been advantaging the elite. And the worst part is that that elite today has involved black elite who have joined white monopoly capital in the exploitation of black masses. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much, Dr. Mechi Mahoba, independent political analyst. Thank you so much as well to the listeners for participating. And I can only echo the sentiment of Brad in Maritzburg saying that you are at least entitled to an opinion on this platform and we more than encourage that. So thank you for reinforcing that, Brad, as we are appreciative of otherwise your very positive comment. We do hope it is shared, though we can't always guarantee that. 2043.